What do you think is more famous, the movie Rocky or the signing of the Declaration of Independence? Because I, uh, I feel I mean, like... <laughs> if we're talking worldly, the movie Rocky. Yeah, definitely. If we're talking about in the U.S., may, maybe the Declaration of Independence uh, edges out Sly Stallone there. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 394. If you like art, well, then Philly has you covered because Philly is absolutely awash in art. It has over 2,000 outdoor murals and has more impressionist paintings and sculptures than every other city in the world except one. Take a guess what city in the world has more impressionist painting and sculptures than any other city in the world, and I'll let you know at the end of the show. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is someone who, even before she had kids, knew all the best places to take children, my wife, my constant travel companion, in Philly, in Philly. Not all the best places to take children around the world, in Philly. No, just in Philly. This is our last part of our Philly Destination Diary, our updated Destination Diary, and it's all about activities. So we will be talking about some really kid-friendly stuff because Philadelphia is packed with that, and also some really great activities for without kids. Yes, adults. Adults. I mean, we've <laughs> talked about, if you guys have been listening, a lot of quote-unquote adult activities, eating, drinking. I mean, those kind of are yeah, like... That's, kids are not going to love going to five bars in right, one night or, right. you know, six restaurants. Right. Those are adult activities. Yes. But if you have been listening or you haven't been listening, either way, this is part five of our five-part Philly Destination Diary series. Part one was neighborhoods and where to stay. So if you missed that, check it out. Part two was all the best places to eat. That was the longest one, of course. Part three was the best breakfast, brunch, and coffee spots. Heather really got to shine on that one since you know her. She loves her breakfast. She mm -hmm. really loves her coffee. Part four were the best places to drink, beer, we talked about cocktails. We talked about distilleries. So you can check that out. And then part five today, the best activities in Philly. And I mentioned, Hat, that you knew all the best things to do, even with like kids well before we had kids, because you used to nanny two little boys who just told me are now in, one's in high school, which and one's is in middle school. shocking. I, I can't believe that. But you used to take them to all these cool places in Philly. This is 10, 15, well, not 15, 10, yeah, 10, 15 years ago. And I remember going every once in a while I'd be like oh we're going here today do you want to come and I would go and I thought wow Philly has some really amazing stuff for kids and and for families and so we're definitely gonna touch on that today yeah it definitely has just so many cool museums and playgrounds and it's a very kid-friendly city I think I mean maybe not necessarily right in center city but in the outskirts of the city yeah and why don't we start we'll kind of go West to east, um, again, you know, I'm not going to 
<laughs> you're not going to nerd out on the listen, neighborhoods. Well, if you listen to my neighborhood part one, then you know I love like geography and neighborhoods. But we're going to go west to east to make it fairly easy. And we're going to start at one of the most iconic images of Philly, the iconic places in Philly. And you might know it as the Rocky Step. So if you've ever seen the movie Rocky, which a lot of people have, especially people in Japan, they all know the movie Rocky. <laughs> um, you know, and he runs up the steps and at the top he's jumping around at the end of that training montage. That's actually at the Philly Art Museum. So people always say, oh, I'm going to the Rocky Steps. Technically not its real name. It's the steps of the Philadelphia Art Museum. Yes. And the Art Museum itself is a beautiful building. The steps are gorgeous. Walking up the steps and then turning around, you get the best view, I think, of Center City that you can really have yeah. for free. Looking without, down the parkway. Yeah, looking down on Benjamin Franklin Parkway. And so even if you don't want to go in and see the art, which it is a very good art museum, it has a lot of great exhibits, and we love going there. But if you just want to go up the steps, that's a great thing to do. Yeah, I mean, people do it constantly. You will not trust me, be the only tourist running up the steps and filming yourself at the top. It's, <laughs> it's constant. There is a Rocky statue at the bottom you can take your picture with. Um, and, but beautiful whole... gardens in the back as well. And there's a new, new-ish walking path that goes along the river and is, is quite long that starts at the museum. Yeah. And so that whole area, the art museum area and the museum district, right as Heather, as you mentioned, behind kind of or on the side of the art museum is an area called Kelly Drive. So the uh, famous boathouse row is along that where all the row houses for the colleges are, um, where they store their boats and stuff like that. So you'll see people out rowing on the river. That's a probably the best place in Philly to go for a leisurely stroll or a bike ride or anything like that up and down along Kelly Drive along Boathouse Row ending at the art museum or starting depending on and let, let me edit that that is not new that's old right but there is an, also a newer path right that goes into the city right a newer path and there's a path that now goes down south to towards South Street and then along that along the river there is a new park. I forget what's called the South Street Park or just, I, I don't know, the Schuylkill Yards Park. I forget what it's called, but it's it's a cool green space that has a bike path right next to it. And then this big green space where you can basically sit on the banks of the river and hang out. And that did not exist uh, like three or four years ago. I think it's, it's pretty new there. So that area itself is just a really, really fun area to hang out um, to kind of be outside in Philly, one of the most green areas of Philly, especially with that Kelly Drive area there. So that area really starts the museum district. And the road there is called Benjamin Franklin Parkway. And you can walk right down it. It has all these flags of the world along the road, which is very cool. And if you like flags, which Trev also <laughs> really likes flags of different countries. It's every it's country in the world. Flags every country. In alphabetical order. Yeah. Though. So it's cool to walk. And then you can walk down Benjamin Franklin Parkway and get to a lot of other museums, including the Franklin Institute, which is an amazing science museum and has lots of great traveling exhibits that come through and has really fun areas just for kids in it with like a heart that you can walk through and a space area. It's a fantastic museum. I remember as a kid, the one thing I remember doing at the Franklin Institute was walking through the heart. It's like a heart, but it's a like not a playground, but I just it remember is kind of it's like been a there playground. forever. Yeah. 
and you get to walk through and see the different parts of heart. And that's the one thing I remember when, you know, <laughs> every kid in the Philly area takes a trip to Franklin Institute and you're probably like eight years old. That's one thing I remember. So I'm glad they still have the heart. There. Yes. They so still in have this the heart there. area is, is kind of the best. This is the best area to take kids if you're going to do a full day with kids because you have the Franklin Institute there and you have a bunch of other stuff as well. Well, yes, you have the Franklin Institute. You have another museum called the Academy of Natural Science, which is another science museum, but it has a lot of dinosaurs. So if your kids like dinosaurs... I, don't all kids like dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. Even Wit is now really getting into dinosaurs. So we have yet to take him here, but that's definitely going to be happening because these museums are inside. So that's the, these are great things to do all year, but especially in the winter when it's cold and you don't really want to be outside. Now, as far as being in Center City, there are a few other museums, but those are the most kid-friendly ones. And then actually all of these other spots are over by the oldest zoo in America, the Philadelphia Zoo. So that's actually in a neighborhood called like Fairmont, right? Is that no Philly Zoo? I thought was in it's in West Philly. Oh, in West Philly. So, yeah. So we're actually I said we were going west to east, but real quick, we're going to skip over a little further west, over into West Philly, where the zoo is, and. I haven't been to the zoo in a long time, but you go to the zoo quite a bit. This zoo, I mean... Oldest zoo in America. It's the oldest zoo in America. So I know that everybody talks about the San Diego Zoo as being like the best zoo ever. And we actually haven't been there yet. So I know that it is an amazing zoo. But Philadelphia also has a great zoo. It has a zoo balloon that you can go up if the weather permits, like a hot air balloon. That's awesome. They have beautiful exhibits. It's really well done. And I just, I love the Philadelphia Zoo. So you can make a whole day of it and go to the zoo. You can also go to the Please Touch Museum, which is a museum specifically just for kids and smaller kids. I mean, if you have a 12-year-old, they may not enjoy this. But if you have toddlers and you know, up to maybe seven years old. They Everything is there for the kids to touch and to play with. So it's specifically built for these sensory exhibits. It's really fun. And I would highly recommend that. So that's also right in that area. Because you can walk from the Philly Zoo to the Police Touch Museum. I'm not sure or, if you can okay, walk. No, but I mean, they're, but they're, they're all the on same, the west banks yes. of the Schuylkill, whereas the Franklin Institute and um, the the Rocky Steps and the Philly Art Museum are on the east bank. So they're all, all of these, even though they're on different sides of the river, are right yes, near each other. Yes, they're near each other. And then the last spot that I think is really fun and is absolutely 100% free. Free, we love that. Yes, is called- Travel the, more, spend less. Yes, the Smith Playground and Playhouse. So it's this cool playground that's outside and it has actually a really humongous- metal slide that you can go down in bags, you know, like it's, I've never been. To this yeah, I didn't even know it existed and I can't believe I've cool. never been. It's very cool. And then it also has a playhouse, which is in this old mansion. So if the weather is not nice out, you could go in there and they just have kind of like different play rooms with toys and things like that. I am taking wit. Yeah. This playground. It's very cool. Because this is a brand new. When you said put this on the list, I, I was like, well, I don't even know where it is or what it is, or I've never even seen a picture. Yeah. So, so often we would do uh, the Philly Zoo and then go to the Smith Playground, you know, to get even more energy out and get your kids really exhausted so that then when you want to go out to dinner and a bar, they just sit there and zone out maybe <laughs> while right. you can enjoy a nice meal. So if we head back on the other side of the river, on the east side of the river, um, to the museum district as well. One of the coolest museums 
in Philly, and one of it, it's definitely the most unique. is called the Mutter Museum, and I've only been I haven't been here in the last ten years. Maybe I've ten years ago. I think I went. Um, this is a medical oddities museum, and it is as odd as as it sounds. So they have all types of unique things in there. Um, you know, everything from like Siamese twins, like you can see what Siamese twins look like. They have like enlarged colons. It's it some of it's a little weird, some of it's not that weird, but it's it's all these different medical oddity things that they have preserved so that you can see what this stuff looks like. Um not for everyone, but I consider this one of the more unique things that Philly has to offer. And uh, certainly something that if you're into that kind of thing, a lot of a lot of this is science, like we talked about, you know, Franklin Institute, um, Academy of Natural Sciences, this as well with medical stuff. It's all right there. So that is also in the museum district. Have, there's a, a few art galleries, too, like the Barnes Foundation, which used to be the pro, the largest private collection of artwork in at least the country, maybe the world. And then the guy who owned it passed away, and then they opened up a museum right down the street from the Philly Art Museum, so you could go do that. There, there's a there's a lot of stuff sprinkled in into that museum district for sure. Yeah. So if you're into art and culture, Philly really has a lot of fun, well done museums and galleries. Yeah. As you head east, we've already talked about this, but now you're kind of basically in Center City. You, you've come out of the museum district a bit. And the Reading Terminal Market, if you listen to our Best Places to Eat, and if, if you haven't listened and you're coming to Philly, go listen to the Best Places to Eat. But Reading Terminal Market is an activity in itself because it is the oldest continuously run indoor market in the country. And there, it's just, even if you're not hungry or you're not super hungry, it's fun to go in, just wander around because yeah. it really does run the gamut of everything like we talked about from from Amish ladies having baked goods to a Cajun stand to uh, artisanal cheese stand and a distillery stand and a guy hawking an seafood. bakery and, yeah. and an ice cream stand and a coffee shop. So there's even a distillery stand in there now. So there's a lot to, to see and to eat and drink in the Reading Terminal Market. But just you can, a fun experience. Yeah, even if you're not hungry, you could just go get something to drink or just wander through. And they are opening a brand new mall. So there used to be a mall right there called the Gallery, but they're opening a brand new mall in the next year where the Gallery used to be. So there'll be a lot of shopping there as well. I forget the name of what this mall is going to be called, but it'll it's all right there. The Convention Center. That's another thing to do, but you're probably already coming for that reason, possibly. The convention center is right there as well. So all of that is tied you know, right next to each other. So that's super easy to do. If you are at a convention, Reading Terminal is going to be one of your closest places to eat. So pop in there, check it out. Another market that you can head to if you're into that kind of thing is the Italian market. And this is an open air market that's very famous. If you've seen the movie Rocky, again, that training montage, he runs through here. And it looks exactly the same as it did when Rocky, when this was filmed. What do you think is more famous, the movie Rocky or the signing of the Declaration of Independence? Because I, uh, I feel I mean, like <laughs> if we're talking worldly, the movie Rocky. Yeah, definitely. if we're talking about in the U.S., may, maybe the Declaration of Independence uh, edges out. Sly Stallone there a, a tiny bit, but um, Rocky is just known, well known all around the world. But in he's in the montage, he's running through the Italian market. So it's this open air market that if you're in Philly and you want good produce and meats and stuff like that, you want to cook. 
Uh, a lot of restaurants go there to get their stuff the morning of, super fresh, so you can go and do the same thing. But there's also a ton of restaurants in there to try out as well, um, including one of the most famous Mexican restaurants in Philly. It's called South Philly Barbacoa. It actually won a James Beard Award. And uh, you could check that out. It's I think it's only open three days a week. And they sell out of their famous barbacoa like super early in the morning. So it's yeah, be- a trek. It's a mission to get it. Yeah. Well, and because the and Heather Ita- doesn't even like it. Yeah. So. I I don't know. I didn't love it. But the Italian market is also, it used to just be Italian, but now there's kind of been an influx of Mexican shops and restaurants. So if you want either Italian or Mexican, this is a good place to go. Yeah. It's just interesting. Definitely worth if you're in the area to walk through and, and kind of hang out and see it, um, especially if you're someone who likes markets. Then, and that's in South Philly between like 9th and 11th, as we continue to head east, now we are hitting the most historical square mile in the United States. And this is the main area that people are coming for, tourists are coming for, to see if it's like your first time in Philly, because this is where all the historical stuff happened. Yes. So you have Independence Hall and you have the Liberty Bell, and it's very cool to see both. I mean, even if you're not into history, I think the buildings are very beautiful. The whole area in Old City is just a great place to walk through because you have all the brick buildings and the cobblestone streets, and it's just... It's a very lovely atmosphere. And then if you're into history, it's especially great because you can go and these two places are absolutely free to go in. So sometimes they're very, very busy. It's kind of like when you're in D.C. and they have all of the free museums there, but they're very crowded. So this area of Philadelphia would be similar to that because you get a lot of tour groups coming through. And in Independence Hall specifically, what they do to help with that some is you can the the morning of go and get an entry ticket for a certain time to go in Independence Hall. So as Heather mentioned, it's free. Um, and, but if you want to go in and do the guided tour, then you can either wait in line, but that can get... I mean, last time I did it, my sister had a friend in town. We're like, let's go do it. We waited, you know, maybe 45 minutes to an hour to get in. Or you can go in the morning and they have some tickets for certain times so you could get your ticket and then come back at that time and go in if you're if you're in that area. So you can do that as well. Liberty Bell, again, sometimes there's a long line. It's worth it. I would say if we were go like I would say I'd rather go up to and see the Liberty Bell than maybe go in Independence Hall. Last time I went, the guided tour was kind of lame. It depends what park range you get. That's the thing. This guy was so boring and we could barely <laughs> hear him. You know, so you're just standing there barely hearing yeah. a dude. So it just on. depends. It just depends. But the Liberty Bell is actually in a new-ish building. Yeah, we say newish. It's probably if I had to guess, <laughs> I'm guessing over ten years. Is it really but that long? I think so. Wow. I think so. But newish. Newish. It's a very cool kind of modern building so that it's a little museum that you walk through. Like it has all these exhibits with the information about the Liberty Bell and about the history of Philadelphia. And so it's just, it might take a little time if there's a lot of people, but it's just a moving thing. Like you're walking and reading and then at the end of the building is the Liberty Bell. And here's kind of a pro tip if you don't want to wait in line because I said I would wait in line, but sometimes just you don't need to. It's it's in glass. So you know the building so you can just (laughs) from the outside look at it yeah you're not as close as if you went through the line but if it's a super long line just go up look at it from the other side you won't get to see the side with a crack because that's the side that faces inward towards the museum but you'll be able to see the liberty bell so 
overall, cool little district. I mean, everything is right there. Um, you know, there's Carp- Carpenter's Hall, which is another thing. There's a really old church here. So you're just going to want to wander around that four, five, six block area because the Second National Bank is there. Um, you know, which the U.S. Know, Mint the is US there. Mint is there? There's there's a uh, the U.S. Constitution Center, which is a paid museum, mm-hmm. is actually there as well. Um, so there's a lot of really neat stuff just to wander around. And, and there's see. a new. Well, again, we say new, but this one is at least only th- probably two or three years old. The Revolution Museum yeah, is now um, Museum there. of the American Revolution. Yes. Yeah, so there's just a lot of really cool historical things to do and see there. So you could literally spend an entire day just in Old City if you wanted to do some of the museums. And I, so I would say if you're deciding because the Amer- uh, hist- or Museum of the American Revolution is you have to pay to go into it and you have to also pay to go into the U.S. into the Constitution Center. I've been in the Constitution Center. It's okay. The coolest thing in there is actually the life-size statues of a lot of the people who signed the Constitution. So, yeah, you get to, like, walk up next to James Madison and be like, whoa, this dude was 5'6". Like, (laughs) I'm taller than this guy. That was my favorite part. The Museum of the American Revolution, we haven't been in yet, but we have heard amazing things. That tells the story more of the what they call like the the common people or the normal people during the American Revolution. Like the point of that museum is to highlight those stories, not the stories that everyone hears about, but like what was real day-to-day life like during this time for these people. So um, we've been wanting to go for a little while. We just have never made time to actually go. And of course, Wit's a little young for it right now. But we have heard amazing, amazing things for that. So if I was picking of what paid one to do, yeah. I would say go to the Museum of the American Revolution. It's it's a really cool building and a really neat spot. And we've heard amazing things about it from anyone who's been. So definitely, definitely check that out. As you're wandering around there, Heth, there are a few other things that are that you can see that are free, including Elfres Alley, which is a cute little, I mean, there's a lot of cute little streets <laughs> in Old City, but this is, it has like a, not a moniker, it has a designation. Yes, it is the oldest continuously habited street in the United States. So it may not be the oldest street ever built, but right. it's the oldest street that people have lived on continuously. Right. And it's very cute. It's very quintessential, you know, old US. I Even mean, though it butts up like, up to, to back the highway. to the highway, right? The highway, yeah. yeah. But it's not this, there when people started living. There, yeah, this little anyway. cobblestone street with, you know, brick houses all along it with beautiful window boxes, and it's just very cute. Yeah, and so, it's completely free to walk down. Um, there's a little, also a little museum that you can pop into there to actually see what one of the houses looks like. Good point. I forgot about and, that. And that's neat to see. Then if you go a few blocks like around the corner is Betsy Ross's house. And if you know anything about the history of the U.S., she was the one who allegedly, I guess allegedly, now, allegedly, you know, sewed the first fra- flag. <laughs> the first flag, yeah. The first flag and of the U.S. Her house is there. You Again, you could pay to go in that. I've done it once. You've done it once. I, eh. I, if you're really into history, go do it. If you're not, just walk by it and say, ah, oh, I got to see Betsy Ross's house. And then continue on. So that's kind of, you know, there's a lot more, a lot more things to see in Old City. Those are the main ones. But again, the beauty of Old City is just wandering around. Um, Third, 
Third Ave or Third Street is is beautiful. There's a lot of cute shopping on Boutiques. there. Boutique shopping. So that's called kind of like the the most fashionable street in Philly. Third Street on in Old City. So you just wander up and down. Um, there's a lot of galleries. So second and third are also called the Gallery District because there's a lot of art galleries. So if that's your thing, that's where you're going to want to be as well. So just wandering around that part of the city. You just have a lot of different options and everything you see is going to be old and pretty and quaint. And that's why people love old city. Yeah. But moving on from the historical museum parts. Yeah, give us the new hip stuff. <laughs> of Philadelphia. If you like music, there are a lot of really fun new hip concert venues in Philadelphia where you can see some amazing artists, as, including two of our favorites are the Fillmore, which is in Northern Liberties. It's a huge warehouse that has a distillery in it and some other cool a spots. Comedy club, I yeah. think a bowling, a few bowling lanes, and then this big concert and venue. And this is this big concert venue with a bar and all that stuff. And another spot is Union Transfer, which we've seen multiple concerts at. And it's a little bit smaller than the Fillmore. But again, the same idea. It's like this old warehouse that has a bar in it. And it's just like a really cool, chill concert venue. Yeah, and, and then you have the Met, which just reopened, and that's up on um, up on Broad Street, and that, that usually has bigger concerts, so that's not, not going to get like huge headliners because they're going to play stadiums, but anything smaller than a stadium is probably going to be played at the Met, and there's a concert venue out right over the bridge in West Philly called World Cafe Live, which is what we would consider more of a listening room, so it's... It's a really neat venue. They have an upstairs, really small place um, for, for like emerging artists. And then downstairs, they have not a big place, but a bigger place um, there. And so we just, yeah, World Cafe Live is a cool spot. So if you have, if you're coming for a certain concert, cool, because we didn't used to have a lot of great music venues in the city. And now with the Fillmore opening in the last four years, Union Transfer opening, the Met just opening, it is completely shifted and turned around. But if you're in the city, you might just want to check it out. You know, if you're into music and you're not looking for a specific artist, just check it out. Head to one of the venues there. They're all really neat, neat venues. And then, of course, a lot of people have are coming for sports as well. And, you know, Philadelphia is known as a dyed-in-the-wool sports town. <laughs> yes, um, it's somewhat of a bad reputation for their sports fans, I suppose. At times. At, at time. times. I mean, they literally had to passion. grease the lampposts when the Eagles were in the Super Bowl so that people wouldn't climb up I'm on sure them. I'm sure They called them the Crisco cops. Like, yeah. cops were out there with Crisco greasing the lampposts. Um, you know, <laughs> through snowballs at Santa Claus is the old one that everyone gets. Like, come on, man, that's 35 years ago, whatever it was. But tons and tons of sports. You have the professional sports. What's what's neat about the sporting environment down in Philadelphia is the professional sports are all down deep in South Philly. So you have where the Flyers and Sixers play, you have where the Eagles play, and you have where the Phillies play, all in one complex. And they just built a huge. Again, we say just. <laughs> Because it's it was probably well, um, this was probably built seven eight years live Xfinity live, but it's this place right amongst the stadiums that Which has is restaurants like and bars. Eight, yeah, eight huge restaurants and bars in there, or ten something like that. So you can go, you can eat, you can hang out, you can go to the game. Of course, you can tailgate in the parking lots, um, which is always a super fun experience. So all the 
professional sports are down deep in South Philly in their own complex. But then sprinkled throughout the city, obviously, is a bunch of college sports as well. So Temple has you know a pretty decent basketball program a lot of the times. Outside of the city, you have Villanova, who is national champs twice, you know, in the last uh, three, four years, depending on when you're listening to this. So you could go to a game there, although that's a bit out of the city. Or what is probably most iconic in Philadelphia when it comes to college sports is Penn's basketball stadium, and that is at the and that is called the Palestra, and that is probably one of the most five famous college basketball arenas in the world. So this tiny, small, little place on Penn's campus. Um, where they used to play the Big Five, which Heather's like, what are you talking about? The Big Five was the five basketball teams, college basketball teams in Philly. So it was Temple, Penn, LaSalle, Drexel, and Villanova, and they all play each other. Oh my so, goodness, so exciting. Yeah, so anyway, there's a lot, a lot of things to do when it comes when it comes to sports, for sure. I think we should throw in here just a quick mention as well. We, we briefly touched on it. If you want to get outside and get nature and get exercise yourself, Kelly Drive, which we talked about by the Art Museum, has a bike path that actually runs all the way to our house, essentially, uh, 30 miles outside of Philadelphia if you bike it. So if you want to get out and hike, bike, walk, get some exercise, Kelly Drive and Fairmount Park, which is the park that's around that area, are great places, probably the best places in Philly to do that. If you're not trying to get extra, like urban walking, if you want to get out into nature, Fairmount Park is is where you're going to go. Um, hiking, biking, whatever. It's not not a lot of hikings per se, but walking. Right. Walking. Yeah, and it's a beautiful park. So Philly has a lot of activities. You will need multiple days if you're going to do all of this stuff on our list. But if you're just here for a weekend, you can certainly pick out your favorite things from the list and have a fantastic time because Philly is a fun city. Can I mention one goofy thing as we go? Of course. We've had five parts. Let me mention one one goofy Mm -hmm. thing. There's a thing called Toynbee tiles. Toynbee <laughs> tiles are these tiles. There's actually a great documentary about it too that are inlaid into the ground. They don't know how they get there. Um, there's a ton in Philly. And so what they say, what these Toynbee tiles are, um, someone has laid them in the ground. Uh, they started doing it in the 80s and 90s. And it and you can, it's just kind of fun to see. I don't know. Anyway, they say Toynbee idea in movie 2001, Resurrect Dead on Planet Jupiter. Most of them say some sur- something around that. Um, theme, no one knows what it means. They're, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. They're all over the world. Anyway, look it up, Toynbee Tiles. I think Philly has the most Toynbee Tiles of any city in the world. So if you're walking around and you see this like ceramic tile that's in the ground, uh, that is called a Toynbee Tile, and you will be in the know of a weird, funky kind of <laughs> niche thing that's happening in, in Philly. So I didn't, I didn't want them to come to Philly and not do a Toynbee Tile. Yeah, so, definitely. Guys, Philly Destination Diary, five parts, Heth. Everything from neighborhoods through activities, eating, drinking, coffee, brunch. We've covered it all. Yeah, I I don't think we disappointed on this podcast because we really mentioned every amazing spot in Philadelphia. And there's there are even more spots that didn't even make the list, but we gave you the best of the best. Yeah, we had to cut quite oh, a yeah. few things, believe it or not, to make it. I don't know how long, <laughs> if you add up all these podcasts, maybe we're at like two, two and a half hours. Believe it or not, we probably cut out another hour of things. So there will you will not be wanting for things to do, places to eat, places to drink, 
um, if you come to Philadelphia. As we mentioned, one of the things that we love about Philly, especially in the last five, six, seven years, is it really has reinvented itself as a place for, for tourists, but also people wanting to come for not just like, oh, I'm going to go see the Liberty Bell, but also foodies and and kind of like this millennial culture, we'll call it that. But really, it's just anyone who likes stuff more than you know just your traditional stuff. But yeah, they want good food. They want good craft beer. They want good craft coffee. Philly has really, really reinvented itself. It's super fun to live there because we get to kind of jump on that and enjoy that. But it's really cool for people to come to our city as well and say, oh, man, I, I never really, you know, we hear it a lot. Like, I never really thought about coming to Philly. You know, it's New York and D.C. and, and maybe even Boston. Philly's a lot cooler than I thought. And we get to sit back and say, like, yeah, yeah we is. told you. We told so, you so. There you guys go. Everything the best affiliate that, that we know. You can check it out if you haven't checked out the other four parts. Remember, you can go do that. They're all out. Everything's out right now. Five part series on Philly. Part one, neighborhoods. Part two, best places to eat. Part three, best breakfast, brunch, coffee. Part four, best place to drink. And then this one, best activities. So leave us a message uh, Twitter, Instagram, at Pack of Peanuts on Twitter, at Extra Pack of Peanuts on Instagram. Let us know if you liked us breaking up into. What we're supposed to be mini episodes, Heath, but we'll just call them shorter episodes than normal. And if you like the podcast, do us a favor, leave us a review, a rating on iTunes or however you listen to it. That's super helpful. We don't have, we haven't asked for it for a while. So if you guys are listening, you're like, oh, I've been listening for a while, I never did that, go do it now. Show us some love. You know, that would be super helpful. Um, and we always appreciate your support. So until next time, happy free travels. I'll show you If you are an art lover, then this question may not have been that hard for you. But the city that has more impressionist paintings and sculptures than any other city in the world is Paris. Not a bad city to come in second to, Philly. Not bad at all.